So, so we're coming to this idea of beginner's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm so pleased that you resonate with that because it's been such a, such a guiding light for me. Uh, it, that really began my whole work in Zen was just that phrase, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, somehow, over the 45 years now, it's it keeps enriching itself. You know, because it's... If we're going to be true to that, then, boy, freshness is really called for. And... The more you do it, the more freshness is called for. <laughs> because it's so easy to, uh, you know, just to warm up the old dish, right? It's so easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that freshness. And, and earlier, you know, you said something that could be a paradox. You call the beginner's mind a guiding light. And and it's really wonderful to think that the not knowing could be the guiding light. Yeah, isn't it true? Oh yeah, let's 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 go slow there because I hadn't really seen that when I said it, and it's so true that you're you're pointing that out now. Ah, the. Yeah, that that possibility. You know, it, it's so in where for me focusing and Zen really meet actually mm -hmm. is, and my work, the embodied life. It's all around this same. Um, we could say elusive. We could say always there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Guiding light of, um, of, call it freshness, call it in the great Zen phrase, uh, the first principle is not knowing. Mm -hmm. Or, or just that lovely phrase that I got, Chunryu Suzuki, that so many of us did with his Zen mind, beginner's mind, mm -hmm. that he, he was the one to really bring that, um, It was a popular, not a popular, it was a well-known phrase in the history of Zen, but he really brought it to the United States. Yeah. 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 So, just, mm, I, just even as I say that, I feel such indebtedness, in, indebtedness living right next to gratitude, because they're, they're similar but different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, indebtedness and gratitude to, yeah, let's go further, to, to the guiding light of beginner's mind without denigrating the value of our knowing also. That, yeah. that beginner's mind includes what we've learned over these years, which is something. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, so, so that sense of, um, and, and as you're doing this, um, that sense of, okay, I don't have to choose one or the other. So, uh, you know, this non-duality is not about negating that the opposites exist, but that they can be contained. Oh, so important. So important. You know, I, um, I really, really rail against the, the superficial understanding of non-duality when it does not include duality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Suzuki Roshi's way of saying that was um, not one, not two. Mm. Which is so good. It, it's not saying it's not saying all is one. Right. It's saying, well duality is important. It's not saying, well it's all one and duality. That would be the easy way to go. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's include oneness and duality. Okay, we got our bases covered. We feel confident. But go one more <laughs> step, and it's not one, not two. And your mind goes, ding, 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 ding. But we need that, right? We need right, that moment. Right, of... right, right. <laughs> and so, and so, so very nice, because as you do that, you have that gesture and you have that body of being jolted out yeah. of complacency. something 
<laughs> you know, if it becomes a practice in that kind of studied sense. Right, right, right. And so, so as you're talking about this, you know, and I'm also in a way following not just your words, but you, you, you have this hand movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, and so you're talking about the flow of things. And, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, practically, oh, pause here. Pause there, and it's interrupting the flow in an artificial way. And in yeah. contrast, what I'm hearing you say is, in a way, be so in tune with the flow that you hear the moment when the flow calls for a pause. Yeah, nice, nicely put, nicely put. Yeah, and so we can pause that <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes pausing is just like um, bathing in the sun. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, taking that moment to let it all drop down, drop in. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's really around this that I think was the, in some unknown way, in some surprising way, because I'm just connecting it now, this, this is part of the territory out of which I connected with Gene originally. Because mm. I didn't come to Gene through focusing. You know? I, mm -hmm. I came to Gene because we were both good friends with Zalman Schachter, the mm -hmm. Rabbi Zalman Schachter, and Zalman kept saying, Russell! Call Gene Genlin. You're hearing the same news. You're hearing the same news. I go, Zalman, I don't just call people. I, you know, that's, I'm a little shy that way. No, no. So every year he would say this for maybe five years. And then finally I was in a, an airport in uh, New Jersey, <laughs> Newark Airport. And I go, I'm just going to call him. And um, the meeting was really like, hmm, I'm going to go slow there, mm. so touching, because I got to, I got to see how his way of listening and connecting was both very familiar and satisfied a deep longing at mm. the same time. And that's how we began, he and I having lots of conversations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I learned some focusing. <laughs> but so, so I love that, that description you have of feeling very moved, uh, at something that is both very familiar and you have a deep longing for. And so, in a way, the phrase that goes with it is coming home. Mmm, mmm, lovely, lovely, yes, yes. Mmm, very lovely. And, mm. Yeah, and that that coming home 
just to stay with that, because that's also, I want to let it unfold how that winds back to beginner's mind, because mm -hmm. it's, it's so central to this embodied life work that I do, of how the sitting practice, Zen-based sitting, the, the, the deep listening that is, includes focusing, and these movement work that developed by Moshe Feldenkrais, those are kind of the three legs of my work, mm -hmm. that they all have this element of discovering something new and coming home at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, isn't that interesting? I never really saw that. And there's something in that that's connected to beginner's mind, that sense of the newness, but also the coming home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that freshness. But mm. it's a... So it's not new in the sense of advertising new, all new, different, and so on. Right, right, but it's yeah. new with freshness. So... Um, so it's always been there, but yeah. just in a way, it's like you catch your eye seeing it in a different way, and suddenly, wow, um, yeah. Yes, 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 beautiful, beautiful, yes. And and when when I, yeah, I'm not a philosopher, I'm not well read or like that, but when I look at meaningfulness and the search for meaning of human beings in all all walks of life there is something in the the authenticity of our own experiencing mm -hmm. validating and valuing the authenticity of our own experiencing, that that is what helps us to feel intimate with our life. And, and, and that comes from freshness. That comes from... Um, beginner's mind is a great light towards that. That can I, can I have this experience alive as it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so maybe I want to go, you know, that whenever we use word like authentic, um, mm -hmm. some people can feel intimidated in the mm -hmm. sense of, you know, will I ever be able to have an authentic <laughs> experience? And, you know, what is it? And I wouldn't know one. I've never had one, you know, and <laughs> you can go into your head a lot. And <laughs> That's you know what I say then, Serge. I say to somebody, can you feel your bottom on the seat that you're sitting on? Right. And everyone goes, well, yeah. You go, can you, can you, can you sense your right hand is touching something? Well, yeah. And, and your left hand, is it, is it there somewhere? <laughs> yeah. I go, you're really experiencing all that? Yeah. 
so, you know, people, our heads make everything so unattainable and so complex. Right. But it's like, it's like fish trying to know water in a way. It's like so here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but the mind kind of jumps over it thinking that it's something more than that. Right, right. And so, so you have this gesture of the mind jumps over. And in contrast, you know, like the embodied life is coming back down. Right. Beautiful. That's right. The jumping over, the coming back down, coming home freshly. What is alive in this experience? What is wanting to be acknowledged, met in this experience? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, in a way, that the moment of feeling like, I don't know if I'm authentic, like, okay, so maybe at this moment you're up there, and yeah. so you need to go back yeah. to ground. Yeah, isn't that a great gift that we have this ground here? <laughs> <laughs> right? I think yeah. uh, uh, the Tibetans, and also Rudolf Steiner would say, the angels envy us for certain things you can learn in the human body that you can't learn in other ways. Mm. And I think that's a good example. Like, like imagine you're floating in the universe and you're trying to find yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's so nice to have something substantial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as a, as a doorway back to presence, as a doorway back home. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's such a, such a gift. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the doorway back home. Yeah, yeah, I say that, and it the, yeah. really, really touches that place. Again, of gratitude, and, and this deep, Unpayable debt to these great, great teachers and teachings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that I, you know, for many of us, I think that we, that we were blessed by, you know, for me personally, it was, um, you know, the Zen teachings, the Moshe Feldenkrais, um, at a very young age, that gave me practices to to go deep, and and much later, Jean was part of that. Mm -hmm. of, you know, kind of hearing something similar, but he was he is um, so much more developed in certain um, traditions, certain ways of thinking, certain uses of language that have just um, been such a gift for the expansion and deepening of my experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and as you're saying that again, there's something that if we listen to it simply from an intellectual point of view, there's an apparent paradox um, mm -hmm. because we're talking uh, about traditions and you're talking about practices, and mm -hmm. uh, in contrast to beginner's mind and freshness. Great, yes, yes, yes. Mm. 
Nice. Let's let's stay there a little bit now. It's like the paradox. You don't have to rehearse to be yourself. And if you don't practice, you're likely to miss it. (laughs) 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 Or again, Suzuki said it this way. You're perfect as you are. And there's always room for improvement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that that edge of paradox that we need to kind of yeah not get too comfortable on. Mm-hmm. Perfect, you're perfect. You're perfect. But, you know, what about... <laughs> but it's really, it, it truly is a question of... Um, yeah, I have some people who will come to my retreats who have... Um, in my opinion, misinterpreted some of the Advaita Vedanta, some of the teachings of oneness, um, of non-duality, and begin with the point, well, why, you know, why do you sit and meditate, why do you teach meditation as a form where it's all one already? Um, you don't need to do anything. And it's absolutely true. You don't need to do anything. You know? Absolutely true. <laughs> And um, and boy, I have not met a person in this life who um, hasn't. Oh, how do I want to say that? Uh, without some practice or means or way of um, gathering the forces and the gifts that are living in us and helping to not create them but but help them to to function at their best, to help them to deepen, to help them to become whole within us. You know, the picture I get right now, Serge, is um, you know, it's hard to imagine a really developed musician not practicing. Right. It's hard to imagine even the most abstract artist not putting in time to develop their strokes. It's just, or athlete, or, you know, so on the one hand, we can say, well, yeah, it's different. Just being being an authentic deep human being is natural that's who we are well yes and this process of learning how to how to have the mental structures the capacity for thought the capacity for 
feeling, the capacity for awareness of thought and feeling and sensation, of all that together, um, to be able to function with all of that in an integrated way, in my experience, takes practice. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. takes practice. We begin maybe as infants and we have this oneness, but then our job is to get some of that infantness back, but not to become infants again. Right. Right? Infants are not, infants are not great at compassion. Infants are not great at taking care of others. Infants are missing a lot of what we would call a developed human being. Mm -hmm. And yet they do have certain qualities that when we get um, hijacked by our thinking processes and our historic self-identities, we get really disconnected from that wholeness. So we go, I just want to be like an infant again where I could be at one with the world and feel in harmony. Well, we want that part of infantdom, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but also to be someone who can think, who can plan, who can remember, who can create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that incredibly demanding and mysterious human task of becoming this particular human being connected to the called interbeing or all or greater body and to function both as an autonomous human being bringing our particular gift into fruition mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and having that in service to this um, this wholeness that we share, that we are. That's again, yeah, that, that friction, that paradox of, um, you know, that um, uh, being an individual, having that sense of having one's own path, one's own history, one's own set of talents and gifts, um, mm -hmm. at the same time as not having the illusion of being so separate and alone. And, uh, yeah. And so, and so when we go into rigid, you know, words, we're actually into the realm of trying to, uh, reduce the world to ideas. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which brings us towards that, um, that part of us that longs to control what's going to happen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> as much as we long for the freshness of the living moment, there's almost as strong in us the desire not to be surprised by anything <laughs> or to feel that I'm in control of this body, this mind, this relationship, this this what's going to happen next, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. and, and so there's a certain, that's in some ways, that's the, the attempt of these thought boxes, 
right, to put the world into boxes that we can then move around but not get too shocked by and and feel a sense of order and feel, okay, I got that. But then if we're paying attention or, or we've had the, the gift of some kind of seeing, we, we begin to experience the unsatisfactoriness of living in those boxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That suffering is a gift. That's because there are people who don't get to that suffering till their deathbed. Right. The gift of seeing, oh, I've been living in this illusion, really convinced by my self-talk, my inner dialogue, my constant uh, perpetuation of past, present, future, that I've never really stepped out into intimate experiencing. Yeah, yeah, and so, so a minute ago you were talking about the boxes and you had this, you know, these gestures of putting the yeah. world in boxes, which not only contain things, so simplify them and contain them, but you know, you were, you had this gesture of moving them so you yeah. can manipulate them, so you can literally control them by, you know, having them in a little tight little box, but also being able to move them. And there's a fascinating aspect to it that you can really go and be, wow, entranced in this and then forget about, you know, that's not the real world. That's not all of reality. Right, 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 right. It's so, it's so rich. It's so rich because as we are discussing things and and doing our best right now to use the concepts and the words in service to experiencing. Mm-hmm. It's not to get rid of thinking, it's not to get rid of language, it's it's to get in Zen there's this very nice phrase that we live in a topsy turvy universe. Mm. And topsy turvy, the way I verbalize that is there's our beingness and once we're four, five, six years old, most of us begin to develop this thought structure, this language, and then by the time we're a little bit older, maybe nine, ten, we get this self-concept and concept of the world, and the the historic conditioned mind is sitting on top of this being. Mm -hmm. The being never goes away. It's just, and so from a Zen point of view, that's an upside-down or topsy-turvy universe, and the practice is to let the historic self, the thinking patterns, be of service to the being mm. who is living here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to have that thinking mind, that abstract mind, uh, be of service to mm. the being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's pause there a second, because that's so... Important. We're not getting rid of that. That's part of how our uniqueness expresses itself, but, but is functioning as the, in service to what? In service to what? And as I'm, you know, watching you, and uh, you're also speaking with your hands, and so as the hands move, uh, it's not just, I'm not seeing just the topsy-turvy movement, 
but I'm also seeing the dance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe there is a part that might be subjugated and say, wait a minute, no, let's reverse thing, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you might come back here, but then let's not forget, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm having that, 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 that sense of a dance. Beautiful. I love that picture. I love that picture because it really does help convey the kind of movement that's involved in fresh living. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that we want all of it. We, we're not, okay, now being is on top and thinking is below, and I live like that happily ever after. <laughs> 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 it remains a dance. It remains a weaving and a moving and a... Um, of falling down and getting up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, hum- the humility of every day falling down many times, getting lost and remembering and mm-hmm. coming home, coming back. And, and beautiful language from, from Gina of, of taking care of those inner places. Mm. Taking care of those inner places. Not getting rid of, not having them perfected, taking care of the inner places. Because mm-hmm. even those places that have been so challenging for us somehow, and I know you know this, somehow become central to the gifts that we're bringing. It's mm-hmm. like the, the transformation of the wounds or the... the ah, the, the way... The way the, the the lonely, sad place becomes compassion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. caring, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, what I'm hearing there, and which might be a place where we stop for today. I'm not sure. I want to just check yeah. with you what feels right. But I'm hearing that strong sense of going into movement, into flow, you know, yeah. uh, quoting Gene into process. And yeah. uh, so that sense of, you know, when we started talking about beginner's mind, it's not, you know, one thing, but it's actually being in that flow where you have the possibility of experiencing beginner's mind. So being in that process. Beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that feels just right. And it feels like this is a really, really satisfying introduction to us conversing Mm -hmm. and to the embodied life work that I'm hoping maybe in another recording we can kind of define some of the territory and see how it relates to this freshness of experiencing beginner's mind. Beautiful. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank Thank you you so much, Serge. (laughs) Thank you. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com. The way. The way the, the, the lonely, sad place becomes compassion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and caring and yeah yeah so you know what I'm hearing there and which might be a place where we stop for today I'm not sure I want to just check yeah. with you what feels right but I'm hearing that strong sense of going into movement into flow you know yeah. uh, quoting Jean into process and yeah. uh, so that sense of you know when we started talking about beginner's mind it's not you know one thing but it's actually being in that flow where you have the possibility of experiencing beginner's mind. So being in that process. Beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that feels just right. And it feels like this is a really, really satisfying introduction to us conversing. Mm-hmm and to the embodied life work that I'm hoping maybe in another recording we can kind of define some of the territory and see how it relates to this freshness of experiencing. Beautiful. Beginner's mind. Beautiful. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank Thank you you so much, Serge. (laughs) Thank you. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.